BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect, which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Gird your loins. Pride Month is here. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the Soviet Union and America. Is that what we're turning into? And the FBI stonewalling the GOP. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Okay. All right. Get ready. Gird your loins. All right. Batten down the hatches. It is May 31st. That means tomorrow, tomorrow is the beginning of June. The beginning of what is now very sadly known as Pride Month here in America. We are going to get through this together. It's going to be obnoxious. I highly recommend, unless you're watching the first, you just turn the television off, take your phone and just throw it into the ocean somewhere. Just disappear. Get off the power grid somewhere. Go to the mountains because it's going to be unbearable unbearable this year now we're going to do something a little different rather than just cover everything we're going to discuss a bit of the why why do corporations do this especially now because tomorrow you're going to wake up and everything from nickelodeon to nascar is going to be waterboarding you with rainbow propaganda but now you have numbers out now you know that target shares they're at a 52 week low 52 weeks 
52-week low for Target because of all the Pride stuff. Bud Light, Bud Light has been the number one beer in America, which is really sad, but Bud Light's been the number one beer in America for ages. It was just always the number one. If Bud Light sales go down anymore, they're going to get knocked off of the number one spa. That's stunning. Okay, so why is it going to be so bad tomorrow? I don't understand. Jesse, you said it's going to be bad tomorrow, but then at the same time, you pointed out all the money these corporations are losing. Jesse, help me make sense of it. Well, let me help you make sense of it. There's a reason, many reasons actually, that corporations in America now waterboard you with endless crap all the time. Are we black enough? Are we gay enough? Are we pro-women enough? Climate change? There's a reason this stuff has come. Many reasons. One of the main culprits, one of the main culprits is HR. HR departments in the United States of America are almost always populated by single liberal white women. Well, HR departments determine the training your country go or company goes through, who comes in, who gets fired. The HR department, you hire committed communists and then wonder why your company changes over time. So that's a big reason. Another big reason is we've allowed the communists to control the American education system for years, years, decades they've controlled the education system. Well, if you're churning out four million new college graduates a year, give or take, that's always roughly what it is, those kids are going somewhere. Where are they going? They're going into the work world. They're going into the work world with a purpose. Okay? So what happens? They get promoted. They work their way up through the work world. You picture a corporate boardroom full of a bunch of dudes with suits and ties and maybe smoking cigarettes and drinking a Manhattan with charts and graphs. And it's all about profits and loss and things like that. What you're not picturing is that college communist graduating and then 15 years there in that corporate boardroom. But the answer is actually bigger than that, much bigger than that. And this is one of the, I don't know about irony, I don't think that's probably a good way to put it, but this is one of the oddities of the era in which we live. We do very much live in the information age. And think about how incredible this is. Think about how many people in the history of mankind never even knew how to read, let alone write, and never held a book of any kind, a book. There were, there were many periods of time in, this, in history, in this country, or in this country, in this planet, where if you had access to books, you were the smartest person on the planet. You had access to knowledge. The, 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 the knowledge doesn't exist anywhere else. It's right there in books. You now live in an era where everything is right here. Every book you could ever want is right here. You can watch how-to videos on brain surgery. It's all right here. Every, everything you need through this little window that you hold in the palm of your hand. And yet, in this information age, people have never been less informed about the realities of life. You want to know how I know? Here, a little experiment for you. I want you to do this with your normie friends. Your normie neighbor Norm this weekend, when y'all are hanging out discussing uh, the game or whatever, I want you to ask Normie Norm, I want you to ask him if he knows what BlackRock is, if he knows what State Street is, if he knows what Vanguard is. BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. You know who these companies are? This is going to come back to Pride Month. Just stay with me. You're, you're about to educate Norm. You know what these companies are? 
these gigantic financial corporations. How gigantic are they? Well, between those three companies right there, you know how much they control, how much money is under their control? $20 trillion with a T. That is roughly the equivalent of the size of the entire United States economy, $20 trillion. So how does that, how does BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard, how does that end up with some drag queen shaking his penis in my child's face on Nickelodeon? I will explain. This took place a few years ago. The CEOs, the major CEOs, well over 150 of them got together and they decided they were going to sign a pledge. And that pledge was, hey, we are no longer going to just serve our shareholders, people who buy shares, we're now going to serve stakeholders. And see, previously, shareholders, shareholders are your entire job if you're a CEO, if you're on a board. The people who own shares, it's your job to make them money. Period. End of story. You're a corporation. When you dismiss the shareholder and instead talk about stakeholders, well, who are stakeholders? All the oppressed. Doesn't have to be anyone who owns shares in the company. Well, we have to, we have to do outreach to, to all the gays and all the black people and all the feminists and all the climate change. We have to reduce our carbon. Everyone's a stakeholder. We're going to take our money here at BlackRock and we're going to help those stakeholders out. But they don't use their power softly. Why do companies like Target still put chest binders for teenage girls in the front of their store? Well, because these gigantic financial giants, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, they replace corporate boards with their own people. Did you know ExxonMobil? They can now be found routinely running these ads talking about climate change and oil sucks. How, how could that be? How could an oil and gas company talk like that? Well, the financial giants replaced oil men on the corporate board with climate change nutballs. You want to talk about the destruction of an industry? They're replacing the corporate boards with communists. And the CEOs of these companies, they exist in, in this million dollar, $10 million world that you and I will never know. Let's say, that, let's say that roughly, because this will change. Let's say they make $10, $15 million a year. That's great money, obviously. We would, we would all take that in a heartbeat. But that's not where the big boy money is. The CEO gets paid generally on the profitability of the company. He's been a good boy. They checked the old profit loss at the end of the year. Huh, that's interesting. Nice. Write him a $30 million bonus check. Stuff like that, right? You're taking the old lady out on a yacht. That's not how it works anymore. Now that BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard are controlling these major corporations and replacing their boards, your CEO bonus at the end of the year, it's not going to be on things like profits. Hey, how much of our company's budget did you spend on gay people this year? On trannies. Did you spend $50 million on trannies? You did? Nice. Hook this guy up with the bonus check. That's how it works now. Why do you see these CEOs run out, run to the camera? They can't run to the camera fast enough to, to talk about Black Lives Matter. Why? Because the CEO's big fat bonus check at the end of the year is no longer determined by that profit loss sheet. It's determined by just how communist he is. But you see your normie neighbor, Norm, he sees all this stuff and he complains about Pride Month and he doesn't like it and he wants it to stop, but he's never even heard of Black Rock or State Street or Vanguard. And yet these corporations, we're going to talk to James Lindsay about this in a little bit. These corporations, they run it like a cartel. 
That's what it's like. It's like organized crime. James talks about this all the time now. It's like organized crime. The businesses, the corporate world in America, because of the communist financial giants, are incentivized to pour poison into your eyes and ears. That's why you're going to see what you're about to see starting tomorrow on Pride Month. And that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We'll talk to my buddy Dave Rubin about Pride Month and other things in just a moment. Before we do that, let's do this. Let's talk about our dogs. Why is dog food brown? You ever wonder that? It's all brown, isn't it? All of it's brown. Why is it brown? Does it make sense? Well, it makes total sense if you understand that dog food is all dead. They kill everything in it, and dead things are brown. Dead leaves are brown. What color are live leaves? Green. You get rough greens because it's a nutritional supplement. You pour it on your dog's dead food, and you'll watch your dog get healthier and live longer than you could possibly have imagined. Dull coat, lethargic dog, bad breath, digestive issues. Start giving your dogs vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega oils for the first time and watch the difference in your dog and keep him around a lot longer. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse. Roughgreens.com slash jesse. That gets you a free jumpstart trial back. We'll be back. The discussions that have arisen and the narrative that's arisen around Bud Light is probably a good lesson for every CEO in every sector of the economy. Number one, it highlights the power of social media. They took it out by basically boycotting the product mm. immediately yeah. and switching preference to other brands that did not make them get involved in this issue. Now, if you're trying to manage that and trying to learn something from it, and I certainly talked to all my CEOs about this because... Here we are talking about it in its second month. Yeah. This is a nightmare from hell for the brand. So when you go into gender narrative on a beer, which is primarily consumed by men, maybe you should have thought a little bit about that in reading that room. Joining me now, Dave Rubin, my buddy, obviously host of the Rubin Report. Dave, okay, help me understand this. Because you think about a brand like Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light and things like that. Obviously, these corporations do a bunch of things I don't like, you don't like, no one likes. But I do think there are smart people that work there, lots of them. I mean, these are people who got 4.0s in schools and went to places like Yale, right, Dave? I mean, they're, they do sit around and discuss these things. I sense sarcasm, Jesse Kelly. Uh, look, first, let's give, <laughs> let's give the devil his due here. The woke, when they infect a system, they destroy that system wholly, and they have consistently done that with virtually everything they've touched. Uh, I wrote down one line that uh, Kevin O'Leary said there, not make them get involved in this issue. That really is what this is about. If you are trying to sell beer, there are, easy, there are quite literally thousands and thousands of brands and subcategories of beers out there, right? So if you're buying a beer, it's usually because of some sort of brand loyalty or you saw a commercial that maybe turned you onto it or you like this or that can, whatever it might be, or, or you like an IPA as opposed to uh, you know a light beer or whatever else. But the point is there's so many choices that why go out of your way to have Dylan Mulvaney uh, in your commercial and have his or her face 
on the can, et cetera, unless you are trying to push something that has nothing to do with selling beer. And by the way, we know that's exactly what they were doing because the marketing executive in charge of this was on a Zoom call. Uh, you may have played it on your show, we played it on mine, where she basically said, look, we don't really like the frat boys who are drinking our beer and we want it to be a more diverse beer and that's why we're doing this, except the point as Kevin is making, dudes drink beer. And if you don't like the people who are buying your product, you should probably get another job rather than switching how uh, the, mar the marketing of the product is going. Dave, here's the CEO of tar Target, Brian Cornell. I, I found this interesting. Some of the companies that I've worked with, whether it's Target today or in the past working for PepsiCo, you know, that common thread was recognizing that diverse and inclusive environments deliver great results. Yeah. And I've always tried to ensure that our leadership team, our organization reflected the consumer we serve. And when you get that equation right, it's the right thing for society. It's the right thing for the team. It's also the right thing for business and shareholders. So I think we all have an oversized role to play right now to advance diversity and inclusion, to stand next to our black leaders who need our support, to make sure it's really clear in our industry and in our companies, we're not gonna tolerate racism. Dave, do you think these guys are starting to understand that they're in between a rock and a hard place now? The Target, the Bud Light stuff, we got Pride Month coming up tomorrow. Do you think there's apprehension in the corporate boardrooms about what's coming? Jesse, I have three words for this guy. Step down whitey. If he really believes mm. anything that he's saying, find a black lesbian who can do that job, because mm. I'm sure one exists. So don't just sit there and tell me how much you love diversity, Mr. Old White Man. Step down and prove it. They are complete fraudsters. I, I have no doubt, I don't know his entire resume, but I have no doubt that to become the target CEO, you have to have a pretty solid resume working at Pepsi, et cetera, et cetera. If you think for one second that in this guy's 40 year career, he was hiring people based on sexuality or skin color to build out the best product, the best companies that he could so he could get that pretty lofty freaking title of target CEO, you're completely insane. No, he brought in the best people possible to move product. That is the point of a CEO. You sell product, your shareholders are happy. Uh, you've hopefully put a good product out there. You can expand, grow your business, move into other cities, et cetera, et cetera. He's a liar and a fraud, but that's what all of these guys are. And I think what will help turn some of this around is that eventually the shareholders of these companies, you know, if you're the CEO, you have a fiduciary responsibility to your shareholders to make a profit. If you keep going out of your way, to do things that gets the average person to turn against you. And then we've seen Target's stock price plummet. Uh, I, think, I think they've lost about $10 billion in market share, if I'm not mistaken. Well, then eventually you're no longer doing your duty to the shareholder. So I think all of these guys have uh, some comeuppance on the way. Dave, the Disney stuff, the Disney, because it's primary season now and just the field gets flooded with all kinds of lies and things like that, would you remind people, how did there get to be a controversy between Disney and the Florida government in the first place? And what's the status of all that now? How did all this come to be? 
God, it's so ridiculous. You know, Bill HB 1557, which I wish more people called it that instead of quote, don't say gay, end quote, which had no, the word gay wasn't even in the freaking bill. It was about parental rights and education and should you know what your kids are being taught and who's teaching it to them and sh and literally should a fifth grade, not even fifth grade, I was gonna say five-year-old, but a seven-year-old second grader, should a teacher be allowed to talk about gender and sexuality privately with them for months call them by a different pronoun or a different name altogether and not inform you, the parent. Uh, Jesse, I know that you and I are roughly the same age. You know, back in our day, if you wanted, if you're in fifth grade, right, and they wanted to take you to the zoo, you'd have to have a parent sign a form. They couldn't just take you to see the zoo. But somehow we have third grade teachers talking to kids about chopping their genitals off and that's okay. Anyway, Disney fully backed uh, this nonsense, and DeSantis did what a, a good conservative would do, which is occasionally use state power for the right reasons. And all he did was take away Disney's special privileges that they had. So in other words, Disney had tax breaks and all sorts of special regulations around their uh, properties that SeaWorld did not have, that Universal Studios that did not have, Gator World, I mean, these are other things that are in the Orlando area. And all he did was make it an even playing field. So it's really funny to watch some of these conservative, quote unquote conservatives, like Chris Christie and Mike Pence and all these other people and Nikki Haley, who I like Nikki, but it's like, what are you saying? That the government shouldn't make it an even playing field for people? He took away crony capitalism. Uh, I would say these people at this point are more corporatists than they are conservatives. What's Gator World, Dave? That sounds awesome. I want to go to Gator oh, man, World. What's Gator, Gator World? I don't even know if Gator World is still going. I haven't been there since I moved back to Florida, but I was in Gator World oh. when I was about 12. When I was about 12 years old, my parents took us to Disney. We went to Gator World and they, this can't still exist, but they literally had a giant tank full of gators. They had a chicken wire going across the thing with live chickens hanging from their feet and the gators <laughs> were coming out, crushing them, blood, bones everywhere. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds sick. You're right. You're right. There's no way that's still allowed these days. What a better time we grew up in. <laughs> Dave so Rubin, so thanks, great. buddy. <laughs> I'm doing that in my backyard over my pool now. You come on anytime. <laughs> I'll, I'll be down next week. Thank you, brother. <laughs> See you, man. Gosh, that sounds sweet. What a better time it used to be in this country. All right. The FBI pushing the GOP around again. Talk to Julie Kelly about the latest and greatest when it comes to all that. Let's talk to you about something real quick. I know there's all kinds of things to stress about these days. I get it. You wake up and you look at the news and ah, everything sucks. It will make you feel better if you start, just start making preparations. Preparing for what? I don't know. I don't know. You need to get a weapon. You need ammo. You need to make sure you have a way to access clean water. You need emergency food. Every person, this is the basics of survival. I don't know what the future is going to bring. Everyone needs three months worth of food in their home. My Patriot Supply has three-month food kits prepped and ready. That's, it, you'll sleep better. I sleep better knowing I have it. Everyone in your home needs one. They ship free and they ship fast. Go to preparewithjessikelly.com and they're $200 off. Prepare with jessikelly.com. Take advantage of the sale. We'll be back. 
Well, there's all kinds of good news and all kinds of bad news today. Let's get some good out of Julie first before we get to the bad out of Julie. Whatever, it is what it is. Julie Kelly joins us now, author of the book, January 6th. She writes her stuff at American Greatness, which is really, really, really good, by the way. Okay, Julie, you have a little bit of breaking news specifically pertaining to you today and Kevin McCarthy. What? What happened? So first, let's just take a step back. I'm always the one with the bad news. So uh, this is refreshing mm -hmm. to have some good news, especially to share yes. with you. Um, so yes. I was contacted. I was contacted by Speaker McCarthy's office several weeks ago. Um, they granted permission for me to access the thousands of hours of CCTV. This is the surveillance video that DOJ has uh, kept under wraps under protective orders, not just from the public, but also from defendants and defense attorneys. So I was able to access uh, those videos. I will tell you, it is overwhelming. Um, there are close to 2,000 cameras in the system uh, with multiple angles and coverage over a few days. Uh, so I've only begin, begun to scratch the surface of looking at certain timestamps and certain areas that I want to review. The other reporters who got access, John Solomon at Just the News, he will be breaking, I believe, the first set of new clips uh, tomorrow on Thursday. And then the other reporter is Joe Hanneman at Epic Times, who has done tremendous investigative work. So the three of us are sort of going to be working in tandem, rolling out uh, these clips and giving context, of course, with stories and uh, accompanying uh, reporting on them. Julie, I, I think the answer is pretty obvious by now, but I guess I might as well ask the obvious question. Why didn't they just hand all these tapes over to begin with? Why all the secrecy, especially keeping it from defendants? That doesn't seem even legal. So um, I, I know what you're asking. I just want to make sure that it's not Speaker McCarthy or Republicans who are keeping it from the defendants. They actually have given defendants and defense attorneys access to tapes that they have not seen in over two years. That is the question, though, Jesse. Why is the Department of Justice and Capitol Police, why have they worked so hard to keep the surveillance video under wraps? And I think that those questions will answer themselves as we roll out clips that the American people have not seen and give much greater context to the events of January 6th and what we've been told by the media certainly by the January 6th Select Committee. Um, and I think the American people are going to be surprised at what they see in this video and understand why the Biden regime wants to keep it uh, under protect, strict protective orders. All right, well, well, that is good news. Good, I, I'm glad I don't have to comb through thousands of hours of video. Let me know how that goes, Julie. We will, of course, be carrying your reporting here on I'm Right. Now, let's go to some news which might not be so good because Kevin McCarthy, when it comes to the FBI, he seems pretty confident he was gonna get some documents he wanted. Here's what he said. Well, I want to be very clear with the FBI director that Congress has a right and we have the jurisdiction to oversee the FBI. This is one piece of paper that a chairman of a committee has requested to see. He hasn't even acknowledged whether he has this document, but he hasn't even provided it. I explained to the director that we will do everything in our power and we have the jurisdiction over the FBI that we have the right to see this document. 
Okay, Julie, now the FBI is corrupt. My thoughts on it are well known. I don't need to go into those things right now. But Kevin McCarthy, he is the Speaker of the House. That's a really, really, really big deal. And Kevin McCarthy said, no, you will give me this. And Christopher Ray said, no, I actually won't at all. And uh, what am I supposed to make of that? So this is an internal FBI document that relates to apparently a, a confidential human source, an FBI informant uh, who maybe was in communication with Hunter Biden and has details about, you know, their oversee crime racket, their grift and, you know, sort of this quid pro quo um, uh, pay to play with the uh, with the Biden family when Joe Biden, I believe, was vice president. So we already know that the FBI has covered this up and buried this just like the laptop and other investigations. Um, and so James Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, reportedly was going to have a phone call with Christopher Ray today. Now, this is all fine and good, Jesse, but you and I are scorched earth people. Why now, four months after the Republicans take, have taken control of the House? We already know the FBI is irredeemably corrupt. We already know that it works as the Democratic Party's personal police force. Um, and so why haven't they cut any funding? Why have they not shut down the Washington FBI field office that is completely compromised on behalf of Democrats. Why haven't they grounded um, the taxpayer paid private jet that Christopher Ray somehow thinks that he owns and takes whenever he wants? Where is the bill passed not only to completely defund and eliminate any plans to build a new FBI headquarters, how about you're lucky if we don't demolish the uh, J. Edgar Hoover building in downtown Washington while we're at it? Letters, calls, threats on, F on Fox News are all well and good, but it is time to use the power of the purse and certainly the power of the pulpit um, and let the American people also, Jesse, hear what this FBI has been doing to January 6th defendants and their families. They will be more horrified than, at that than they will by any videos uh, that were able to air uh, from the inside and outside the Capitol that day. That's the truth. Speaking of FBI, Julie, why don't you give me a heads up? Why don't you give everyone a little refresh on Black Lives Matter and the little insurrection they had three years ago? I'd love to remind people since the media has ignored this like it didn't happen. Well, on my Twitter pages, I'm sure you've seen at Julie underscore Kelly too, I've been devoting this week to revisiting how BLM protesters and their allies and fellow rioters tried to burn down the nation's capital. And that is not an exaggeration. Not only was part, most of Washington DC in flames and being looted, the area right across the street from the White House, right next to the White House, Lafayette Park, which is a federal pu public property um, protected by federal police, this would be the closest comparison to January 6th. Um, these people were, these rioters were out of control. They were assaulting police officers. They were attempting to jump the fence uh, in, to access the White House. You will recall that Donald Trump and his family had to go to a secure location because of the violence right outside of the White House. Now, what happened then? All of these people, all of these rioters, looters were excused. They were defended by politicians. All of the charges for the most part, except for a handful of the most violent were dropped. And Matthew Graves, the DC US attorney, now, keep in mind, this happened seven months before January 6th, not seven years, seven months. That guy right there, Matthew Graves, the DC U.S. attorney, Biden appointee, 
basically told Congress a few weeks ago he is not investigating anything related to the 2020 riots. However, he is going to double the current caseload of criminal cases, more than 1,000 January 6th defendants, and he's planning to charge at least 1,000 more. So the idea that our Department of Justice is not totally weaponized, just like the FBI, which of course is in the DOJ, uh, is a complete is complete folly. Yeah, Lee. Julie Kelly, thank you, ma'am. Come back soon. I hope so. Thanks, Jesse. It started out so good, and then it got so sobering. It's, it is what it is. Let's talk to James Lindsay about it. James has been all over this racket, this ESG racket, the reason you and I are about to be waterboarded with Pride Month crap. James is all about the why and how do we fix it. So let's dig into that with my buddy James in a moment. Before we get into that, let's get into this. Let's get into you, me, and the air we breathe. You see, people have smells. You have odors. Pets give off odors. People give off odors. Cooking gives off odors. Your home has odors. Your office place has odors. You can remove those odors from the air with Eden Pure Thunderstorm because Eden Pure Thunderstorm doesn't cover up the smells in your air. It cleans your air, cleans it. Viruses, mold, cleaned out of your air constantly at all times. That's what you get when you get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm. That's why I own six of them. Go get a three-pack of Eden Pure Thunderstorms because they're $200 off right now. They're freaking miracles. Put one in your bedroom, in the kitchen, wherever. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE is how you get that discount. We'll be back. I like to learn. That's why I like James Lindsay. I learned things from him, and he's an anti-communist like me, and he talks a lot about Maoism and things like that. And sometimes people will come back at him and say, what are you talking about? That's too over the top. But no, it's exactly what we're seeing in this country. Joining me now, my friend James Lindsay. He writes books, The Marxification of Education, Race Marxism. I really love that one. Also, you can find his stuff at New Discourses. James, it's hard for many people to realize that we're not dealing with 1960 America anymore. It's not, well, Republicans and Democrats, and we're going to disagree on some things. we got some blue dogs here. It's just too much for many people to accept, isn't it? It's hard for people to accept that the world that they thought we lived in is not the world that we live in, and that to the degree that it was true, that it's been the rugs have been pulled out from under their feet, yeah, it's really hard for them to see that, that we're, in a, we're in a completely different situation now. Why are we in a different situation? Because like when I sit down with my parents, now thankfully my parents aren't that way, but let's say I sat down with my parents and I was trying to explain to them why, no, mom, dad, it's, it's different now. How do I explain that to the older person who doesn't understand that he has committed communists who run his country now? Well, I mean, there's a lot of pieces to it, so it's not really easy. One of the first things that you should talk about, though, because with the biggest sticking point that I find for folks is that they say, well, they can't possibly be run by communists if they're using corporations and banks to do what they do. So it's very uh, important to point out that the, the Marxists of what was called the new left, that were abandoning the old Marxist left in the 1960s, 1970s, became very attached to what they're going to recognize now as identity politics. But in the process, they very openly were rejecting uh, the, the working class. 
they said that the you know the working class had actually been stabilized and they'd become a counter-revolutionary force and conservative force because capitalism was allowing them to build a better life, a life that they liked, a life that they enjoyed. And so all of a sudden, what you have is happening through the 60s and the 70s uh, is you have a movement in left-wing Marxist thought that uncouples from any fealty to the worker and thus any hostility to the managerial elite in the corporation. So they could actually work their way into those corporations and start exerting their power from within them. Now, how did they pull this off though, James? And I love that you've been talking about this a lot recently. I was breaking this down a little bit about BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard and, and how we see Bud Light do something stupid that costs itself its business. And we like that we're boycotting and all that stuff's good, but there's something bigger at play here. I love how often you talk about this. There's a bigger reason why the CEO of Anheuser-Busch sits down and puts a tranny on his beer can. Why does he do that? Well, what it's boiled down to is over the last 20 years, it started in 2003, and we could talk about stuff before that where, you know, they infiltrated the long march of the institutions and so on, especially all levels of education and created an entire managerial class that was going to be sympathetic to these kinds of views and soft to these kinds of views, or even actively pushing them through HR. But this kind of comes together, especially through the HR dimension, from a device created in 2003 at the United Nations. It's called uh, ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance Scoring for Long-Term Investment Funds. So virtually every stock out there has an ESG rating attached to it. And if they have good ESG scores, they can be listed in ESG-compliant indices, and they get all these other kind of perks and benefits. There are these things I just learned about recently called sustainability-linked loans, SLLs, that were developed in 2017, where if you're playing ball with that regime, they give you better interest rates, they give you access to bigger lines of capital or lines of capital at all. And these mechanisms are being run through these gigantic financial institutions, which don't use their own money, they manage other people's money, trillions of dollars of people's retirement funds, and they're betting them on what's called impact investing, environmental impact, social justice impact, and the G stands for governance, how do you run your corporation? In other words, do you do it the way that they tell you to, um, so that they can put this top-down control over every corporation? So if Anheuser-Busch doesn't want to lose its ESG score. That S component is social justice. It's going to put Dylan Mulvaney on a beer can. And then when the public gets mad and boycotts them, they're going to stand up for Dylan Mulvaney, which they did not do. And guess what? They lost. They got put on notice. They got a letter from the human rights campaign saying you didn't stand up. We're going to dock you on your corporate equality index unless you double down and your ESG score will suffer. And guess what? That sustainability linked loan or those lines of credit or the people that they've placed on the board to satisfy the G score are all going to be really upset with you and you're going to have a bad time. In other words, it's a cartel. It's a, it's a racketeering scam using the equivalent of a social credit score on our corporations to make them compliant to ESG. Okay, James, I'm glad that you break it down, but it seems so big and evil and nefarious. There's these big evil corporations on top forcing all this stuff down. So how do we begin to reverse it? All right, we've identified the problem. It's because Normie Norm doesn't get it yet. We'll get back to him. How do we stop it? What do we do about that? Well, it's a racketeering hustle. So we bust it the same way you break any other racketeering scam. Uh, some of this might actually be in violation of, of RICO, of, of racketeering law. So what you need to do is take people like the executives at Anheuser-Busch who are now on notice and take people, and they've had this just happen to them, or people at the executives of Target who are flailing around having emergency meetings or 
you name the corporation, any of these big corporations that's now getting put on this boycott notice or even other ones, you haul them in front of a House Oversight Committee. You get to our, you, you hound the House Oversight Committee to start bringing these people in. You hound your senators. You hound your state attorneys general to start pushing to, to, to expose why is this happening? Because what you have to do if you want to get a cartel to break, if you want to break a racketeering operation, is you've got to get people in the middle to realize that their best deal is to make a bargain with you and to tell all they know, tell what's going on, and get themselves off the hook for participating in it. And then what you just do is you start chasing it up the chain, and eventually you get to the place where we can start doing some prosecutions, lawsuits, et cetera. I, if I were a if I if I were you know a stock owner in Disney, I would be very interested, for example, in in pushing for fiduciary responsibility violation lawsuits. Um, these kinds of things are going to put that pressure on them, and then the hearings are going to bring out the story. If you're an investigative journalist, you've got to pull out the story. Normie Norm isn't involved in this, but these are the kinds of things that are going to have to happen. So we have to keep the, the Normie Norm, what he does is he's got to keep the pressure on. He's got to keep Bud Light in between a rock and a hard place so that it keeps being shown that there's a reason that we need to investigate, investigate deeply and get the law involved. And then slowly but surely, we get a couple of corporations to flip, then you're going to get 10 to flip, then you're going to start breaking up the whole scam. James, so this can be done. Can this be done? Can it begin at the state level? And I say that because I just national politics, I have no faith in it whatsoever. No faith in the federal government, either party. Can states begin? State, states have a lot of juice. I think states is where a lot of the activity, especially at the present moment, and uh, is going to have to happen. But that doesn't stop us from getting, say, the House Freedom Caucus or the House Oversight Committee or certain senators from holding hearings. Those hearings may not do anything yeah. in and of themselves at the federal level, but what they do is they get stuff uh, on record, under oath, and they start getting that information out there that's going to be able to uh, give the state something that they can bite into, get prosecutors and investigators something that they can get their teeth into and uh, really start to force the situation. Ideally, though, what you want to do is think of your average corporation in the United States as being under the pressure of the mob. And so you want to think, yeah, I can't, I detest, if, if your 15-year-old got told by the by the heroin dealer running the block, he's going to sell, sell heroin for him, you're not going to like your 15-year-old's behavior, you're not going to be happy with him, but the main thing you're going to want to do is figure out a way to get him out of the mob, or out of the gang, out of the mob, whatever it is, and protect him. And so what we've got to do is approach our corporations the same way. I like it. James, appreciate it, man. Come back soon. That's what we got to do. We got to start at the top. I know, look, hey, listen. I know that sounds daunting and overwhelming, right? Because we can't just automatically do it, but it's a goal, something to work towards. Remember, these are we're in a long, long, long war here. Several, several, several decades down the road will we see the fruition of many of these things. So just stay at it, right? Be strong enough to stay at it. Take your chalk. Make sure your testosterone levels are remaining high so you don't wake up one day and say, Jesse, I don't, I'm not in the mood anymore. Jesse, I can't do it. Natural herbal supplements. Female vitality stack for the ladies. I've got, I've got old women emailing my show telling me they can't nap anymore. They have so much energy now in the afternoon. Natural herbal supplements from the anti-communists at Chalk, my friends at Chalk. Female vitality stack, male vitality stack, 35% off. When you go to choq.com, promo code JESSE. Chalk.com, promo code JESSE, go. We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And before we lighten the mood, we're gonna do something real quick here. 
what we're going to do is we're going to do a public service. And that public service is we're going to get you out of that timeshare you think you're stuck in. I know, I know that you don't use it anymore. I know you're tired of paying the annual fees. I know you're tired of paying the special assessments. And I know you've called them. Hey, can I get out? You've probably emailed them too. Hey, can I get out of this thing? And they're telling you, no, nope, no, nope, sorry, you signed the contract. Mm, nothing we can do. Pay, pay up, pay your money. But Lone Star Transfer has heard this story a thousand times. In fact, they've heard this story over 18,000 times because they've helped over 18,000 timeshare owners legally and permanently get all the way out of their timeshare. You're not stuck. You're one phone call away from freedom. Call 844-310-2646 and get out. One phone call. 844-310-2646. Now, as you know, I have a book coming out, The Anti-Communist Manifesto, which can be purchased at jessekellybook.com. And I, there are a million reasons I love working at the first. I love the people. They let me say whatever I want. They also make hype videos for me for my book, and it's sick. Here's this one. For too long, we've been led to believe that communism is a thing of the past. But the truth is, communism is alive. It's here, and it's infiltrating every aspect of American life. Introducing the Anti-Communist Manifesto by Jesse Kelly, the practical guide for patriots ready to defend our nation from its most dangerous enemy. Discover the shocking extent of communist infiltration in our education system, their alliance with American corporations, and the twisted truth behind environmentalism. This eye-opening book exposes the true face of communism and empowers you to fight back. Join the fight for freedom. Pre-order your copy of the Anti-Communist Manifesto today by going to jessekellybook.com. I like that guy's voice. That was a good voice. jessekellybook.com. Go get you one. See you tomorrow. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Bannekarum, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect, which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. 
Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.